At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Good morning and welcome in. It's Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Matt Eumann's alongside as well, and we have a fantastic Thursday in store for you. The British Open is underway. The NBA Finals are evened up. Brian Geltzeiler, Geltzeiler, Sirius XM NBA Radio will be with us in the second hour. Brian Edwards, because we're not done with football by any stretch. Vegas Insider, college football handicapper, will join us as well. He'll get some future plays as we look ahead to the college football season. And then Matt Vescursion, Major League Baseball Network. And, of course, a little bit of Angels broadcasting on the side will be with us to talk about what is going to happen in the second half as we have one game later tonight, Matt Humans in Major League Baseball. One game, that's it. But it's a good one. Red Sox-Yankees. We'll see if the Yankees can finally get on the board against the Red Sox this season. Right now, British Open underway, and uh, Jordan Spieth has uh, birdied four straight holes to put himself uh, near the top of the leaderboard. And uh, this is what I was watching, JBT, for about three hours before I came into the show tonight. Three or four hours as I listened to uh, thunder and uh, lightning crack overhead. Yeah. At uh, my home near the Strip, which uh, doesn't happen too often. End of times, end of times out here in Las <laughs> Vegas for sure. Uh, to give you the leaderboard very quickly, Brian Harmon, uh, four under through nine at this point right now. We've got two guys at the top that are in the clubhouse: Andy Sullivan, just, uh, Justin Harding, both at three under apiece. They shoot a sixty-seven and are done with their day. Uh, yes. At uh, 7 a.m. on the East Coast, done with the day. This is the best part about the British Open. Uh, rounding out the guys who are at top three, or excuse me, under three, because uh, there's a lot of them. Victor Hovland, Jack Sr., Jordan Spieth, as you mentioned, and Mackenzie Hughes. And then you have yeah. some smattering of names at two under and one under. Um, Paul Casey's in there. Dustin Johnson's in there. Brooks Kepka through 13 is one under humans. Kepka's now two in. under, by the way. Oh, he is? Okay, yeah, so there you go. He's moved to two under. Uh, the, uh, the magic of live sporting events as you watch them. So we have a good leaderboard. Early on Thursday it means absolutely nothing. <laughs> it doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, it's, uh, I know you love it when I say it, so I'll just re- repeat it one do more it. time. You want me to do it? Yeah, do it. Okay. You can't win a golf major on Thursday, but you can lose it. Yes, you can. You can lose it. And uh, we've seen a couple, guys, uh, a couple guys blow up early. I'm not going to say anybody's out of it uh, at this stage, but uh, one of my favorite players, Joaquin Neiman, off to a poor start. I feel like Mike Lorenzo Vera at five over is over is uh, is done. I don't know anyone with a bet on him. How <laughs> um, Tong Lee is uh, probably out of it. He's in the clubhouse at five over. Yeah. Alex Noren at four over. Garrett Higo off to a poor start at three over, and uh, Ches Reeve, Harris English, Brandon Grace, Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, like I said, not out of it, but two over par. So a poor start for Bryson. I, I will say that. You know, Nick Bogdanovich, I was talking with him last night, the William Hill Sportsbook Director, and Nick said, uh, you know, not, not much interest in uh, Bryson mm. from the betters. He drifted up uh, as high as around 33, 35 to 1 at some spots. And if you watch the first two holes today, you can see why. Right. Uh, the first hole, uh, he, has, he, he pulls an iron. You know, the t- this course is going to take the driver out of your hands a lot of times. 
Uh, so the first hole, no driver. Second hole, he whips out the driver, puts it about 350 into the fescue, the high weeds on the side, and uh, he gets off to a poor start. So, uh, you know, driving distance, not that important in the British Open. Driving accuracy, much more important. Yeah, the uh, the bombing, the gouging, not really working out here early on. Uh, but we did see Bryson in the open setting, of course, a couple months ago, compete pretty well until the final rounds. Follow the money here on VSIN. This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. Chris Middleton with 40 points. Giannis at Edekumbo, 28 points, 14 rebounds, and 8 assists as the Milwaukee Bucks beat Phoenix 109-103 in Game 4 of the NBA Finals. Leave it up the series at two games each. Milwaukee was a four-and-a-half point favorite and covered that spread of the victory. The total, 222, stayed under at 212. Series heads back to Phoenix for Game 5 on Saturday. Milwaukee, the four-point road underdog, with a total of 218.5. The NASCAR Cup Series on the track at New Hampshire Sunday. Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, the co-favorites, both at 9-2. Football season is almost here. Our experts profile every college and pro team with advanced stats, power ratings, plus the best bets for win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide only $20 and discounts available when you buy both the guide and subscribe to vSIN. Go to vSIN.com slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest vSIN odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. Time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. The college football season is right around the corner, and that means the Eastern College Football Betting Guide coming soon. Our experts look at the impact of the transfer portal key games on the schedule and early season trends to watch. So you have a betting edge this football season. Guide is only $19.99. Discounts are available when you buy early. So now is the time to reserve your copy or... Sign up for VSIN All Access and get everything we have to offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans with you here for just this week. Can't emphasize it enough. Uh, all right, before we get to what happened last night in the association, I will ask you because you have been watching the British Open, which is underway. For those who are just joining us, Brian Harmon, your leader at four under through nine. How has the course been playing? What's the weather been like? Up to this point, what are the yeah, observations? You know, uh, seems pretty mild watching it, like just for about thirty minutes or so right now. Yeah, Royal St George's is on the southeast coast of England, and uh, the biggest defense for the course is obviously going to be weather, wind, mm-hmm. and rain. And uh, so far, the weather has not been that bad. I think it's been the the winds have been light, but not a big problem for the players, and we haven't seen much rain yet. So. I think uh, the weather has not been a factor yet. At some point, the weather is going to be a factor, but not in this case. I think the course is playing relatively uh, easy for a lot of the players. Now, John Rahm, we just saw him try to blast out of a pop bunker, and he couldn't get out. So that's your tournament favorite uh, in the British Open who couldn't get out of a bunker. So next time you're out playing golf and that happens to you, don't feel so bad about it. Uh, Brian Harmon in the range of about 185 to 1 at one point here at Circa to win this thing. So... Uh, your leader again in the clubhouse, Andy Sullivan, Justin Harding behind him, and Danny Willett just joined the guys in the clubhouse. He is three under as well with a first round. Brian Harmon, the uh, the little lefty from Georgia, Georgia Bulldog. He's a small guy, JVT. But once again, when you're handicapping uh, this tournament, you don't have to be a bomber off the tee. No? You got to be accurate. You have to have a good short game. You especially have to be good with the putter. And uh, Brian Harmon fits up profile. Jordan Spieth. 
off to a uh, pretty good start, but we're watching right now as he sends a uh, – well, he found the fairway there. He, he looked like he was really upset. There was nothing wrong with that drive. Anyway, uh, Spieth right up there, uh, tied for second at three under par. Brian Harmon, your surprise leader. I don't think he's going to go wire to wire. Uh, no. And that was, by the way, to give you an idea, there was a prop up at DraftKings. Uh, will the, wire, the winner be wire to wire? Uh, the yes was, I think, 12 to 1. I think I want a little bit more on. <laughs> uh, will a guy win a tournament wire to wire, especially in a field like this and in a course like this? Uh, speaking of winning wire to wire, well, the Bucks didn't do that, but the Bucks did win yesterday. Uh, how about that, huh? The Milwaukee Bucks, all but dead. Matt Humans. Everybody thought it was over. Not everybody, but a one hundred nine to one hundred three victory for the Milwaukee Bucks. They win. They cover. Game goes under the total. The story here, uh, you know what? Because they lost, we'll bury it for a moment. Chris Middleton was absolutely fantastic yesterday. 40 points, 15 to 33 from the floor. Not as efficient from three-point range, but almost every time down the floor. It was, let's find Chris, let's see what he can do. And this is what we talked about, right? Can the role players step up and perform mm -hmm. in an exemplary fashion and provide some support for Giannis? And Giannis goes 26 points, 11 to 19 from the floor. And you don't really need to get to the free throw line that much Chris, um, Chris, because Chris Middleton carries his weight. And the Bucks get, I thought, a very good win yesterday over the Phoenix Suns in the best game of the series, too, by the way. Well, once again, you talked about the trend. The team that leads after the first quarter loses the game. Yeah. That happened again last night. Suns led 23-20 after one. Man, this game. This game got off to a really ugly offensive start, and it uh, looked like it wasn't going to have much of a chance to get to the total. Um, stayed under 220, obviously, at a 212. There's a big push in that second quarter. It was a 32-29. Second 32 quarter, third yep. quarter were pretty good offensive quarters, but things just died again in the fourth, especially for the Phoenix Suns, because Chris Paul uh, came up small when it mattered for the Suns. He had, uh, let's see, five turnovers in the game, but that when he tried to dribble through uh, who, who did he try to dribble through at the end? I was going to say a double team, but he got his pocket picked yeah. and flopped on the floor and uh, got the ball stolen when it was a two-point game late. That was a really poor play by Paul. Hey, the MVP race wide open again. It uh, looks like Chris Middleton has actually um, thrown his name in the ring, mm -hmm. right? Throw his hat in the ring, said, hey, don't count me out. Because you have a game like that and tie the series. Uh, Chris Middleton with 40 points last night. Um, He's going to get some consideration for MVP. We just saw his odds, I think, before that game as high as 33-1. to 1. And uh, right now, points bet, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the favorite, plus 120. Chris Paul, second choice at 2-1. to one. Devin Booker, 5-2. to two, And Middleton at 20-1. to one. Those are the only four guys who have a shot. And uh, Chris Paul, if you still believe he's going to be MVP, you can catch him at 2-1 to one odds. Looked like that price was going to be... Long gone. Right. I got him, wasn't plus come two, back. got him at yeah. plus 275. Felt great to the first three games of the series. And still plenty left, right? Two games at home. And um, these Suns have plenty of opportunity to turn these things around. It's actually, it is somewhat surprising that Giannis is at the top, just given that we usually see the series odds reflect mm -hmm. like the MVP odds, right? And so the odds right there telling you that there might even be a chance that Giannis wins this thing even without winning the series. Suns $1.40 favorite, Bucks plus 120. You'll generally see the best player on the team that's uh, favored, kind of reflecting those odds, but at this point, not right now. So you mm -hmm. can take your shot with either Devin Booker or Chris Paul. So Booker was incredible last night, too. 42 points, 17 and 28 from the floor. Um, the first player, how about this from ESPN Stats and Info, Matt Humans? The first player in NBA history to score 42 points on seven fouls in an NBA Finals game. <laughs> 
That, yeah. that was a ridiculously yeah. officiated game. And it was on both sides. It wasn't just Booker and his clear mugging of Drew Holiday when he went to go finish at the rim. It was a ridiculously called game because the things that they were calling, like Jay Crowder when he goes flying, right, on one of the possessions uh, on the offense or the offensive end, but then on the other, I think it was Connaughton who sent him flying, uh, but then on the other end, allowing little things to go on like that, I, like, it was an insanely in, in, inconsistent officiated game. Yeah, I mean, this is a theme that's uh, been prevalent in the NBA for decades. Yep. You know, you talk about the game the next day, and you talk about how bad the officials are. So that's... Um, One of those FIBA refs. It's, it's nothing new. I, I, the thing that bothered me last night most, the Bucks win the game, but I, I'm sick of watching Drew Holiday on the offensive end of the floor. He, he Last night, 4 for 20, 0 for 5 from 3. Why can't the guys show up in back-to-back games? I just, it's... No, it's I, annoying. Uh, it's irritating. You're right because in like it's weird because it looks the as good as he looked in game three, and then you see this where it's almost yips like right where he can't finish around the rim. He's constantly losing the ball in traffic and like <laughs> scrambling. The shots aren't even close when he's taking three point shots, and like he's got really I think dynamic moments on defense where he performs extremely well. You know he was really physical with Chris Paul and Devin Booker at times of that game. But then you watch him offensively. There was one where I, I think he didn't realize that he he caught the ball under the basket and he didn't realize he was like wide open and yeah. he kicked it out of it. And yeah. you're like, there there's a point where he's just turning down shots. I don't know, man. It's incredible. And it it was I don't know how you speak to it because in the regular season it was really good. We know Drew Holiday throughout his career has been absolutely solid. We saw him in that postseason. We it's not a postseason thing because we saw him absolutely own Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum that year. They swept the Trailblazers when he was with the Pelicans. It's weird, dude. It's weird how bad he has right, been He's performing. not the same player now that he was then. Yeah. Psychologically, he's a little bit off. Something's wrong. Um, you know, it's, it's just a, when a guy can't put together strong back-to-back games mm-hmm. and he looks as timid as he did last night, there's really no explanation for it. Four for 20, 0 for 5 from 3. Come on. Bad. Uh, and, you know, the, the Bucks are fortunate that Chris Middleton stepped up with uh, – one of the best games of his career mm-hmm. last night, 15 for 33 from the field and a lot of big shots. It's not just what you see in the box score. He hit timely shots when the Bucks had to have him. So Middleton, uh, the difference in the game, and Chris Paul with some uncharacteristic turnovers that were costly for the Suns. And uh, JVT really poor three-point shooting again last night, which this is why the game stayed under. Uh, the Suns. Shot, excuse me, the Suns shot 7 for 23. The Bucks mm-hmm. 7 for 29. 14 for 52 from three-point range. So uh, that is the number one reason that game stayed under the total last night. Just uh, inefficiency from three-point range. Poor shooting. And here's the thing, and this has started to um, become a, a small problem, I think, for the Phoenix Suns. The last two games... To give, again, Mike Budenholzer credit, what have they done? They have committed to this small ball lineup, right? And Brooke mm-hmm. Lopez still played 20 minutes a game, uh, but the ability to switch one through five, picking up Chris Paul at almost every foot of the floor, no matter where he's at, little things like that, I think, have really played into the hands of, of the Milwaukee Bucks. And it has forced Phoenix, to a certain extent, humans, like you mentioned, the three-point shooting. How about the rim shooting? Only 18% of their shots were within four feet of the basket. What did sure. we talk about yesterday? Yeah. Like, if you're going to get these switches, there are mismatches to be found. And they can get it to Aiton, who does does a pretty good job at times, but that also means a Chris Paul type has to be able to beat you off of the bounce when he's got a bigger, slower defender on him. Little things like that are just not happening. And you can get a great game from Devin Booker, who's absolutely dynamic and scores 40 points, but if you can't hit three-point shots and all you're doing is taking mid-range jumpers, 
it's going to be a problem in a series yeah. like this. You've got to be able to attack the basket. So we always have this discourse like, the, are the Suns breaking the rules about analytics? I think you're kind of saying, like, again, <laughs> like the rim and the three-point line have a lot of value in, a lot, in, in these games, and the Suns need a rim presence. Something. Well, they also need an offensive rebounder because they got pounded on the glass on the offensive board 17-5. to And uh, that's another ugly stat for the Phoenix Suns last night. DeAndre Aiden, 17 rebounds, but only one offensive. The Suns have got to find a way to crash the offensive boards, and if you're not, you got to keep the Bucks off the offensive boards. You're going to lose games if you have a, a minus 12 ratio on uh, offensive rebounds. Well, and let, let's and th- you bring it back to the original point, right, which is the offensive rebound because it's a great point, but here's the thing. If you're shooting jumpers, what happens? It tends to be a long rebound, right, mm-hmm. when you're missing jumpers, as opposed to if you're putting it up at the rim, it's a little bit more like, hey, let my big man go clean it up and finish. We saw Giannis do it multiple times yesterday, mm-hmm. right? How many times was there a missed shot at the rim and he would clean it up? I think it was the Booker foul, right, that wasn't called, where Drew Holiday misses that because he's absolutely getting mugged at the rim and Giannis picks it up, finishes. Like Those are the kind of things that put – like it's little and it's small and you might not think they're correlated, but being able to put up layups, even if you're missing – allows a guy like DeAndre Ayton to clean up the glass and get more action sure. on the offensive boards. And the freak, I mean, it's a little bit unfair because he's got such an a- advantage yeah. athletically around the rim. You're right, he had five offensive rebounds, I think 14 total in the game last night, but the way that guy can attack the rim and grab rebounds, the Suns really just don't – they don't have a guy like that. Not many people do. But uh, the freak uh, was pretty strong again last night, even though he didn't uh, make a three-pointer and he missed four, three, four but, of his eight free throws. I like the way he played. I mean, he didn't put up the points. He had 26. What was his point prop last night? 34 and a half? Yeah, 34 and a half. 34 and a half. Well, you said it's tough to bet over a total like that, but he played well. And I think one of the biggest differences was uh, how impactful he was in the areas of uh, rebounding and assists. He did have eight assists last night in the game as well. And uh, JVT, I talked about it in the previous game. This guy's playing 40 plus minutes. And you look in the turnover category, and he's got one. Yep. You know, so uh, I think there's good reason for him to be MVP favorite right now. However, now you go back to Phoenix for game five, and if the Suns win that, then uh, everything flips again. And I would expect the Suns to bounce back and uh, win game five. And these wild swings, man. The Bucs at one point were a five-point favorite multiple times yesterday, right? It, It popped multiple times. They were laying five. For game five, back in Phoenix, Suns a four-point favorite with a total of 218 and a half. These, uh, these swings for these home courts, man, this is pretty wild. I get it's the NBA Finals, but to go from catching four and a half at f- and five at some points on the road to now laying four, and given the fact that, you know, the Bucks have kind of discovered some things that really work for them in the last two games in Milwaukee, right? In terms of their defensive game plan, in terms of what they've been doing offensively, and now it's the Suns who don't have Dario Saric, who are a little bit thinner, yeah. who don't have a lot of presence within four feet of the basket, who come back home and have to ask themselves a lot of questions because Chris Paul is not getting his little space in the floor and let me shoot over Brooke Lopez. Those shots aren't happening well, anymore, man. Watch, watch Chris Paul get some more foul calls in game <laughs> five. Up, yeah. Scott uh, Foster is done for the series. I he, believe, did, so. he did not go to the free throw line last night, and uh, I, I would think when the Suns go home, you're going to see Chris Paul at the free throw line. He's going to he's going to draw some foul calls. He's going to be more effective. Hey, the Suns led this game by six points going to the fourth quarter last right. night. It's not like uh, they're lost and uh, suddenly uh, uh, hopeless in this series. 
I, I would expect they come back and win game five, and Chris Paul's going to get the benefit of the whistle, and that's just how the, things, the way things typically work in the NBA playoffs. They led by five with 5.52 left to go and did not cover the game, the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, that's, that was a tough beat last night if you took the points with the Suns. If you got a live, uh, I think five was about the best number that was out there. Yeah, I was tracking. I think the lowest total in-game was think, 208 and a half. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't think at any point in live betting you could have had six with the Suns. I was trying to check it mm-hmm. as often as possible, uh, but I don't think there was ever the opportunity to grab six. Maybe I'm wrong, but how about I, this? There are plenty of chances to grab five. The Bucks uh, actually trailed through, if you remember, by nine points in the fourth quarter. It was right at the beginning. Eleven forty-two left to go. The Suns had an eighty-five point one percent chance of winning that game. <laughs> well, they lost by six. What, what, <laughs> what was the percentage chance they were going to cover? <laughs> Catching five, uh, right? Yeah, beating by that, yeah, and end up losing the game one hundred nine to one hundred three. It's a tough beat if you had the dog last night, uh, but the under was the right uh, side, just basically because of the poor three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. A combined 14 for 52. Dreadful uh, three-point shooting. By the way, you know who showed up big yesterday that's not going to get enough credit? Pat Connaughton. Does Pat, he, uh, I, he have I a cool thought, nickname? Man, I, I, I really um, have to give him credit because he was big off the Bucks bench <laughs> last night. He hit three uh, three-pointers, and a couple of those came at really critical times in the game. The putback, right? The big putback late. That was, that was insane. Yeah, yeah. He hit the three to give him the lead. Also, like it was kind of unfair. I thought he was defending Devin Booker really well at times, and Devin Booker was just like he was on fire. It was ridiculous the shots that he was making. He had a, Pat Connaughton's face was like an inch from his nose, or his hand was an inch from his nose. Didn't matter. Poor Pat Connaughton. Yeah, but, no, and uh, he had nine rebounds as well. By the yeah, way, yeah, he was great. So he, he played really well last night. And Devin Booker, oh, man, forty-two points without a three-pointer. That's hard to believe. Yeah, it ben is. Booker put up 42 and didn't hit a three. Only attempted three of them. Of 17 for 28 from the field. He was much better. But the Suns, two games in a row now, they have lost. Chris Paul and Devin Booker have been uh, ice cold from three-point range. Yeah, well, I'm really looking forward to the game tomorrow. No, wait, it's not tomorrow. we got two days off. I saw a great point. It was like, why did we rush to get this done if we were going to take 19 days to play set? Yeah, <laughs> like six or seven? It was ridiculous. All right, we have somebody new atop the leaderboard. We're going to tell you who that is. We'll update what's happening in the British Open. It's a British Open-heavy show. Let's follow the money here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Money live from the oddtrader.com studio here at Circa Hotel and Casino. Go to oddtrader.com, download the free oddtrader app right now, start winning with up to the second info that you need. British Open underway, first round. Got a lot going on here. Bryson DeChambeau, live it in the weeds. Paul Casey, long putt for birdie. Ooh, is he going to get that? Oh, man, that was close. <laughs> man, that was very close. Get a lot of. Narrow misses on uh, putts. That's a game of golf. That's what it's all about. We just watched uh, Dustin Johnson, of course, um, miss a putt for par, so he's going to bogey that hole by, like, I don't even know, an inch or so. 
Uh, but Brian Harmon still your leader at this point right now in the first round of the British Open. I mentioned one that had joined him. Mackenzie Hughes through 10 has joined Brian Harmon at the top of the leaderboard at 4-under. And both are, of course, I think are playing together. They're both through 10. So uh, we have two guys at the top of the leaderboard playing the course right now. Doesn't really matter too much. But as we talked about, you know, you mentioned it, and we would, one of the storylines, I think, from a betting perspective, humans, was the fact that Bryson DeChambeau, not very popular in a course like this, in a tournament like this from a betting standpoint. And every time we look up, he's in the weeds trying to get himself out of trouble. He actually set himself up relatively nicely on this previous shot, but uh, not sustainable if you're going to win this thing going forward. No, like I said, uh, being a bomber off the tee is not a big advantage in the British Open or Royal St. George's. You've got to be accurate off the tee. And you're correct. Every time we look up, DeChambeau's um, in, the in, in the fescue. He's in the high weeds <laughs> trying to chop his way out. And, uh, you know, eventually when that's the case, you're going to end up making wow. bogeys here and there. And before you know it, you're going to be off the TV coverage and irrelevant and missing the cut and he heading home for the weekend. So DeChambeau is, I believe, two over right now as we speak. And he's, I think he's a little bit lucky to be two over. Uh, John Rahm. I think just doubled a hole. Rom could not get out of a pot bunker and left a putt short. So Rom went, I think, from two under to even par. He might even be over uh, par at this point. But the tournament favorite, John Rom, with some struggles here early today. And Brooks Kepka at two under. And Kepka, you, you talked about narrow misses with the putter. I've watched Kepka miss at least three putts today by a half inch, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just tap in for par. So I think Kepka's actually. Uh, hitting the ball really well today. In general, his game has been exceptionally strong. He's just had a little bit of uh, bad luck with the putter. So if you bet Brooks Kepka, I think you have to be encouraged. Jordan Spieth, another big story at this point. Spieth birdied four holes in a row, and uh, he is sitting at three under right now, one off the lead. Just so. missed, a, what was that, like a 30-foot putt again by like yeah. an inch or so yeah. for birdie? Victor Hovland up there at three under. A lot of uh, betters liked Hovland. And... Uh, Christian Bezadenhut at uh, two under, and uh, that was a guy I think uh -huh. Wes Reynolds and Krista Bear Felica each liked. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen. I jumped on that train too. Under. What's that? So I jumped on the Bezadenhut train too. Yep. We got a lot of smart people talking about one guy. Figured to take a shot at 118 <laughs> to one. Um, I think is my screen accurate? John, John Rom's five over. Five over. John Rom at five over. What happened there? That's incredible. I was like looking to make sure, and he doubled. He doubled ten, and then he had a bogey on eleven, so dropped three, and then he had a double on nine. So for three consecutive holes, so a double, double, and a bogey that has caused John Rahm to drop the five over for this tournament in the range of plus eight seventy five. I can't say I'm that surprised. I just uh, you know I, I would never bet on a favorite at single digit odds in a tournament like this, and he's been so hot recently. He's due to cool off, but um, in that gambling golf league we did last night, yeah. Uh, first pick? First pick was John Rahm, yeah. and uh, that was our team. Randy McKay couldn't oh, make the draft, and he was out, so uh, he, I, I took him in as a teammate. Brooks Kepka was going to be my first pick, and Randy wanted Rahm, and I said, okay. Uh, you know, John Rahm's at 8-1. to one. Kepka's mm -hmm. at 18. We'll go ahead and play the odds yeah. and uh, take Rahm with the first pick, and now I wish I had Kepka, obviously. Uh, but it's going to be a... A uh, tall challenge for John Rahm to uh, get back in this thing and even make the cut. Yep. You know, a five over, there's not a lot of opportunities out there to get strokes back. Well, especially with the way that, at least in the first round, the course is playing, right? When your leader's at four under and you're yeah. at five over, 
uh, you are not going to have a lot of real estate at this point to make up that ground to at least make the cut. Uh, speaking of Brooks Kepka, he's on 17. Actually had a pretty nice approach shot, but it caught that little hill on the green and rolled back onto the fairway. So we'll see if he can uh, uh, make something out of that. But again, your leaderboard, Brian Harmon at four under, Mackenzie Hughes four, and Spieth at 11, three, excuse me, and those guys through 11 and 12 respectively. As we move forward through this tournament. And I see what did happen with John Rahm, by the way. He doubled number nine and then also doubled number 10. Yep. And then uh, bogeyed number 11. So he dropped five strokes in three holes. Man, that's uh, that's ugly. But we got a whole bunch of golfers left to t uh, tee off this thing. So, And a lot of big names have yet to come out onto this course. So we will see what is going to happen as we move forward at the British Open. We come back. We have a baseball game later today. That AL East rival. We don't get enough of it, man. Red Sox, Yankees, and primetime. I can't wait. If you're looking for a hot tip to bet on, BetRivers Sportsbook has you covered every day. Go to the BetRivers app or BetRivers.com. Find the game you want to bet on. Tap tips. You'll get instant research for the upcoming matchup. Try it out for baseball, soccer, tennis, and a variety of other sports. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports and payouts in only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Got to be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Look out, buddy. Look out. Jordan Spieth is accurate off the tee. He's not screaming at his caddy, Michael. Everything's going well so far for Jordan Spieth. Everything's going well for Spieth, but not the pre-tournament favorite John Rahm, who is five over par already <laughs> at the British Open. And uh, John Rahm has had an early blow-up here in the British. All right, let's talk baseball, man. We have, well, a, we have a loaded schedule today in MLB. Where do we start? Uh, you know, I think I was going to make the cheesy segue of uh, the Yankees aren't very happy, at least with the way that first half went, and they get a chance to right the ship. 46-43 and 43 in the first half of the year, and now a series getting set against the Boston Red Sox human. One of one series getting started today. Only one game. Today. That's it. That's one it. game today in baseball. At least we get a uh, dynamic pitching matchup. Who do we got? I believe we do have the uh, guy who's calling the game for ESPN on the show today, though. Matt Vasquez. Mm. Is he calling today's game for ESPN? That is a question I don't know the answer to. That's what I. That was the rumor okay. I had heard uh, last night. Anyway. Eduardo Rodriguez gets the start for the Boston e Red Sox. E-Rod's going for the Red Sox. One of our Yankees starting pitcher is TBA. We're not sure who the Yankees are going to start yet. Yeah, Johnny Holstaff game? What are we thinking? I don't know. I don't know what Aaron Boone's thinking. I was say, and, you, uh, have, you have you your finger on the pulse. get inside the, the mind of Aaron Boone. I'm not sure you want to get in there. Uh, but the Yankees go into the All-Star break with a demoralizing loss. at a 7-2 lead on the Astros mm -hmm. in the ninth inning on Sunday. Bullpen blows up. Domingo Herman, Chad Green. All of a sudden, the Yankees lose 8-7. And uh, they go into the All-Star break at 46-43. and Here's the thing. They have not defeated the Red Sox yet this season, and uh, they were blown out in the last three games at mm -hmm. Fenway Park between these teams. 
June 25th to 27th, the Yankees were outscored 18 to 7. I watched every game of the series. The Yankees weren't competitive uh, against the Red Sox. 0 and 6 for the season, and uh, trying to get on the board for the first time tonight. But we don't know who the pitcher is going to be, uh, so it's. Uh, a little tough to predict the end of the losing skid for the Yankees tonight. Maybe it's a bullpen game. I'm sure word is going to be out within the next couple hours or sometime this morning what the Yankees are going to do with their pitcher, but right now we don't know. And uh, Erod, who was on your list, the buy low, sell high list this yeah. week, uh, Erod's going to make the start for the Red Sox. Yep, and the, the price, there is one price up right now. Um, we saw an opener in a global shop of minus 115. FanDuel right now has got a dollar thirty in favor of the New York Yankees with a total of nine and a half, um, and it's a pick minus 110 on both sides. But Erod, yes, uh, I think does have the makings of a guy that you would look to bet on as you move forward in this uh, season. 5.52 ERA for Eduardo Rodriguez hasn't been great, but to reiterate some of those numbers, a 3.37 on the expected fielding independent. That's really good for a starting mm-hmm. pitcher. And you look across the board, and you would see there's a lot of stuff to like about him. Ten and a half strikeouts every nine innings. Keeping the walks down in, in, to a really good amount, actually. Two walks every nine innings called 2.1. Uh, the problem has been, when he gives up a fly ball, it tends to go out of the park. Uh, the home run to fly ball rate at 15.7%. He's given up about 1.4 home runs every nine innings. Not exactly, right, the situation you want to be in for a guy that's had a problem with home runs uh, to then go pitch in New York your first time out in the second mm-hmm. half. But this is a guy that I think moving forward we're going to see this even out, and he's going to get a lot better performances for the uh, Boston Red Sox. Now you see him. You yeah. got to start in Oakland right right before the break mm-hmm. where he was absolutely brilliant against the Athletics. He certainly got the ability to uh, shut down the Yankees. It's not like the Yankees are knocking the cover off the ball. That's true. At this point, batting two thirty six as a team. Their run differential for the season is plus one. Uh, the Red Sox, by the way, up now on the Rays, one and a half in the American League East. The Blue Jays and the Yankees each eight games back. And uh, Yankees, big disappointment. Big disappointment. We'll see if they can make some sort of move here in the month of July to, you know, first of all, if Luis Severino comes back mm-hmm. and is anything like he was a couple of years ago where he's a top top of the rotation starter, that's going to make the Yankees that much better. Can they make a move? Uh, they're going to have to make another additional move to improve the pitching staff. And I'm not sure what they can do about the lineup. They're kind of stuck because Brian Cashman did such a poor job of uh, balancing this lineup. It's all right-handers, mm-hmm. JVT. just don't have left-handed power in the Yankees lineup. Uh, but against a guy like Erod, the Yankees should match up pretty well. Uh, yes. Uh, and look, I think... Didn't they go out and they, they tried to get some left-handed hitting? They got a power bat from Texas earlier, right? Earlier in the year, Rugen Odor. Rugen Odor. Yeah. Odor. Yeah. That's going. That's gonna. That's gonna plug a hole in the lineup. Yeah. <laughs> they need a guy like Anthony Rizzo. Yes, of course. So, you they know, do. somebody like that would uh, be a much better fit in the Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo would be a fit. Yeah, if the Rangers uh, feel like trading him, I just I'm not sure what the Yankees can do, and uh, they're not that aggressive with Hal Steinbrenner. In charge now, and uh, Brian Cashman, uh, I, I think, uh, with all the resources he's had, and the fact that he has made less with more, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have a lot of faith that the Yankees are going to go out and make some bold moves and really improve this roster at the deadline. 
uh, because that's just not something they've done here the past couple of years. So. Uh, we should note here, too, Eduardo Rodriguez, as we only know that he is going to be on the starting hill. He did have two starts against the Yankees this year. Uh, last time that was actually on June 27th, six innings strong against them back at Boston. Five hits, two earned runs, got taken deep, one struck out eight. And then uh, back at the beginning of July, or excuse me, June, uh, June 5th, on the road against the Yankees. A little worse, a little less length, five and a third, three earned runs. Also, again, got taken deep there. Speaking of the problem, right, with him in terms of the home runs, if you look at the starts, frequently at least one home run given up, uh, but has, for the most part, performed very well, and as we know, undefeated up to this point, two starts against New York. Yeah, he pitched much better against against the Yankees at Fenway Park than he did in the Bronx. But, yep. uh, so one game in baseball tonight, that's it. How about your Angels? Uh, coming out of the break, looks like Shohei Otani is going to make his first start for the Angels on Monday. So he is gets that, a little bit of a break as yeah. a pitcher. I was going to say, I think that's uh, acceptable, right, given what they had to make, <laughs> given what Major League Baseball made him do yeah. over the All-Star sure. break. Yeah. We're not going to market you. We're just going to beat you into the ground, make you do every single little thing, and then, oh, by the way, you're the top-end starter, so you got to start. No, it's a big series. They dropped two out of three against the Seattle Mariners, right, going into yeah. the break after they took two of three from the Boston Red Sox. So if you're going to get a series, it's got to be uh, the Seattle Mariners and then, of course, following that up with the Oakland well, Athletics. I still think overall in the big picture is a, a major positive for the Angels that yep. they're one game over 500 at the All-Star break with Mike Trout out for the last month and a half, and Trout's going to be on the way back, and maybe the Angels can make a move. We'll talk to Matt Vasquez and MLB Network, ESPN, Angels broadcaster at the end of uh, today's show. As we inch closer to the football season, more and more things are being offered, and we got a couple of NFL props to throw at you when we come back here on Follow the Money. Join the action on DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Just download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up to compete for cash prizes each week. Don't wait. Sign up now and new customers get a deposit bonus up to $500. It's code VSIN when you sign up. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, wants help, 1-800-GAMBLER is the number. 1-800-9-WITH-IT if you're in Indiana. you got to be 18 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for just this week here on Follow the Money. We should note, Matt Humans, we have a new leader, and all by himself. We did watch Brian Harmon drop a stroke, and Mackenzie Hughes gained one. Five under for Mackenzie Hughes through 12. He has a two-stroke lead over the pack right now. Andy Sullivan, Justin Harding, Danny Willett, Jack Sr., Jordan Spieth, Brian Harmon, Louis Oosthuizen, all at three under behind the Canadian. Come on, Louis. Louis Oosthuizen, that's uh, my best hope right now. Mackenzie Hughes from Canada atop the British Open. And right now he's got a two-stroke lead. Five under uh, and a log jam at three under and a uh, tie for second. Let's talk football. Uh, let us do so. Let us do so. By the way, we did also watch Dustin Johnson drop a stroke, too, on a uh, very short putt. So DJ not putting the ball well. So as uh, we get a lot closer, oh, there's a lot of offerings up uh, at a lot of different spots, right? For us, the better. Uh, there are a lot of things to pick and choose from that you can wager on if you can find one edge or another. So one of the things that we have seen posted over at DraftKings Humans, the NFL's highest scoring team. 
course, it would not be surprising to find that the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 550 uh, would be the favorite. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 8-1. to one, The Bills at 9-1. to one, And that's a gap because then you get the rest of the NFL. Uh, I am somewhat surprised to see a team like the Cleveland Browns up there, given what we know about the way they run their offense. Uh, but 14-1 to one for the Browns. Ravens at 14-1. to one, And the Rams also at 14-1. to one, And then you get just a whole bunch of teams that are floating around the exact same area in terms of the highest scoring team. In the National Football How about Baker Mayfield of the Browns hanging out in Vegas last week? Yeah. And uh, he knocked the guy's phone out of his hands over at the win. And the guy was uh, filming OBJ, Odell Beckham, doing uh, push-ups by the craps table. And, and put- uh, Baker Mayfield walked over and knocked the phone out of the guy's hand. The guy was about ready to knock Baker's head off, and security intervened. And I didn't see Baker's this. Oh, I missed this. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So Come on back, Baker. Support the city. Come on. How about here's here's a couple of teams. If you are serious about playing a prop like this, the highest scoring team in the regular season, I got two for you who um, I, I think could be threats at pretty good odds. How about the Rams? Okay. Can you get into the mind of Sean McVay, the boy genius? Uh, the Rams are gonna they're gonna stretch the field now with uh, Matthew Stafford. They got some playmakers and the creativity of uh, Sean McVay. Uh, you can't. You should not underestimate. I think the Rams are fourteen to one, and how about the Cowboys are fourteen to one with Dak back at quarterback? The Cowboys have no shortage of weapons, and their offensive line looks like it's in a little bit better shape. Uh, JVT, I would not. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and recommend the uh, Chiefs at five to one or the Bucks at eight to one. I think if you're going to play a prop like this, you got to look double digit odds and Rams and Cowboys each at fourteen to one. I would give a shot. Yeah, I mean, I think it, again. It's so important when you talk about props like this is evaluation of the schedule in front of them, right? So like a team like the Dallas Cowboys, for example, uh, not only do you open up the season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you have two games against the Washington football team, one of the best defenses in the National Mm -hmm. Football League, and the rest of the way, the schedule is pretty manageable, right? It depends on how you evaluate a couple of these other defenses that they're going to face. They have Denver on the schedule. They have Minnesota on the schedule. uh, The powerhouse that is Las Vegas Raiders on the schedule. Um, Like I think that's a big part of it, and I think the thing that would turn me off is, one, the coaching, uh, but two, the fact that you are going to take on some quality defenses if you're the Dallas Cowboys, and that might turn you off of things. Like I think if you look at any of these, I mean, I know you don't want to go too short when you were just talking about it, mm-hmm. but a Buffalo Bills team that is going to take on the, AF, you know, the AFC East, and the Dolphins are in there, the Dolphins are a quality defensive team, but outside Patriots of that... it's going to be a pretty good defensive team, too. You think so? Yes, I think it would be much better. Maybe this is wrong. Patriots had a lot of guys opt out and injured on last year's defense. I think people tend to forget that. Yeah, that's true. And uh, they were 26. That's a really big gap to jump in terms of like rushers, excuse me, a defensive DVOA and moving up from there. I will say maybe this is wrong, and we could laugh at this when the football season's over. I don't know if I really, uh, I don't know if Belichick's got the magic still with this team in terms of being able to uh, uh-huh. scheme it up past the point where it should be. Yeah, I'm not going to make – you can make comments like that. I'm not going to say that. I'm not <laughs> writing off Bill Belichick. I mean, his last year with Tom Brady wasn't exactly electric. And last year looked pretty bad. Which team uh, led the NFL in points two years ago in 2019? Uh, we're going to go with the New England Patriots, given the conversation we're having. How about the Baltimore Ravens? Oh, okay. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens. Well, see, here's the thing. Again, when you're evaluating like the teams – 
I think the Browns got much better defensively in the offseason, right? The Steelers, that's their strength. I think their offense is going to be awful, but their defense is going to be absolutely fantastic. Uh, and then you know, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to still have their problems. So that's four games against two, I think, very good. One of them's at least the top 15, I think, and the Cleveland Browns will see how much better they can get with personnel changes. And then the other, of course, is the top five defense in the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? So, like, looking around this, it's the same thing why I'm kind of surprised when you see a team like the Cleveland Browns. The Browns seem to be a very respected team in the offseason, mm-hmm. right? And I get it. Like, they, you know, they had a really good year last year. Baker Mayfield seemed to take a step forward. He's had a relatively even-keeled career, although he gets killed for it, like, from a PFF grading standpoint and everything like that. He's been kind of along the same path in the three years. But if you're talking about a team that has to take on, again, the Steelers twice, the Ravens twice, and is like a running team. I'm not even looking at the Browns. Right. Well, I'm, I'm just surprised that they're so high up on the list at, like, 14-1. to 1. You'd think they'd be a little bit you know, further down the list when you, get, when you look by comparison. So I'll give you one. How about this long shot? You ready for this? Mm-hmm. I think you're going to like this. Arizona Cardinals? No. Okay. No, I don't have a lot of faith there in Cliff. He's got to get a little bit better. The Los Angeles Chargers. Kansas City Chiefs uh-huh. have notoriously been a red zone defense, right? It's bend but don't break. You, you're allowed to. You can rack up yards. You can get downfield on them. Notoriously poor run defense, right, as you've seen throughout the last few years. Yeah. The Raiders... They threw a whole bunch of defensive backs at the problem, but we'll see if they're actually going to be better. They went and got Gus Bradley, but Gus Bradley, uh, I think you can make the argument. Uh, if you looked at the personnel that the Chargers had when he was the defensive coordinator, uh, did not perform up to snuff, right? So we don't know what's going to happen there. And the Denver Broncos are going to be a challenge in terms of I think their defense is going to be pretty good. But they might have a, a malleable schedule in terms of being – and, by the way, it's if you believe that Justin Herbert in what you saw last year with the big-time throws – what he can be as a quarterback right. if there's a positive step forward with that. Well, I, I think the Chargers have a ton of potential off- offensively. I, I don't know what the new coaching staff means Correct. Uh, for Justin Herbert, but it's got to be an upgrade, right? Mm-hmm. I, I still think you could put a scarecrow at coach and you'd have an upgrade over what the uh, Chargers had last year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I would argue against that. I feel like that might be a little no, extreme. He was a negative. Yeah, he, he was. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> scarecrow at least won't you won't put you in positions that will uh, scarecrow will cause you to try to, fail, to rush huh? the field goal unit on onto the field with uh, 3 seconds left on the play clock. That's very yeah, true. Things like that. And then you get like the, the teams like the Green Bay Packers where you, we don't even know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and yeah, how you feel comfortable stay away anything from the Packers wise, at this yep. point. Yeah, right? I yep. mean the the Packers are a stay away. I, d- I do have a futures bet on the Vikings to win that division. So Hey, me too. What odds did you get? Three to one? Uh, double check. I want to say 350. Yeah, I was going to. I bet this at the South Point uh, quite a while ago. I can't Is remember right if now? I got three to one or plus 350. I might have to double check, but uh, it might have been 350. Seven to two on the Vikings to win that division because if Aaron Rodgers did not come back. Mm-hmm. You don't think the Lions or the Bears are going to win uh, the NFC North? I, I do not believe so. Unless, you know, you get something from Herbert and he's going to, you know, come around and be something that, or sure, excuse me, Herbert, um, Justin Fields, and he's a lot more than you expected him to be, or if he gets a lot more playing time, right, in terms of that regard. I think the Rams, though, to wrap up this discussion on the, uh, the highest yep. scoring team in the, in the regular season, I think the Rams are one you've got to look at. And 14 to 1 odds, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to bet one of the favorites on a prop like this. And, uh, don't you think Sean McVay is going to get aggressive now? He didn't have a lot of belief or confidence in Jared Goff, and I think McVay is going to cut this thing loose with uh, Matt Stafford, a quarterback. Yes. I got him at 18-5. to five. How about that? Vikings? The Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Plus 360 for those. I'm bad at conversions as well. Um, 
Yeah, the Rams, I could buy into that. And you look at the schedule, too, right? You get the AFC South on there. Well, here's the thing, and th- we can tie this into, like, the Titans, for example, right? I was looking at the Rams' schedule. I didn't see a bunch of dominant defensive right. teams. Well, you're right, because, yeah. right, so the Bears are going to be pretty good. But then you get the uh, the Indianapolis Colts, which last year were a top-10 defense. Uh, there was some second-half regression, so we'll see how good that unit is going to be. I did like what they did in the draft, but uh, we'll see if they're going to improve. And then you get the Buccaneers early on. But then it starts to really kind of drop off from there, right? You get some NFC East teams mixed in there. You get the Vikings as well, who had a relative relatively poor year, but those AFC South teams, right? The Texans were not going to be very good. The uh, Titans, who remember from a defensive back standpoint, were actually very similar to what the Minnesota Vikings had going on last mm-hmm. year. The Vikings' back defensive backfield was not good. So then you go from there, um, and you get a team like the Packers, who, yes, the Packers were a quality defense last year, but if they don't have Aaron Rodgers, that defense is going to get much more exposed. It's going to oh, be yes. a lot different for yes. them, yeah. right? The Jaguars, the, like there's, uh, there's an opportunity there for the Los Angeles Rams, given the schedule combined with the upgraded quarterback, combined with Sean McVay, to potentially the look like genius. the team they were. Yeah. The boy genius, Sean McVay. Uh, I, Wes I Reynolds like is in the fescue, huh? What's that? So Wes Reynolds is in the fescue. Defending champ at the British Open, Shane Lowry, two over par. But look at that shot out of the wow. fescue from about 150 yards to within two feet. Man, hell of a shot. Golf has some of my favorite terms. Fescue, undulations. It's pretty solid. <laughs> Well, the big story again at the British Open right now is pre-tournament favorite John Rahm has imploded. Done. He is five over par early in his uh, opening round at Royal St. George's. So, John Rahm, what did he go off here at Circus Sports? I saw last about look was 9 to 1. Yeah, something like 850 that. or 9 to 1 last night. Let's see. I Jeff got Davis it, yeah. here at Circuit just does a, a great job constantly adjusting the futures board in the. 